Revelation and wisdom and insight and the Spirit of God is speaking to you directly at this moment. The Word is descending. The Word is descending. And there is a blessing in sitting under the Word. And they understood that. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich Word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. All right, well, on Wednesday nights, as you know, we've been in a series uh, entitled uh, Positioned to Receive. Positioned to Receive. So we've come from a long way. We've come a long way. Uh, We've talked about how to understand and how to receive a word of personal prophecy. We talked about different keys concerning that. And you need to know that in the last days, let me tell you now, because there is going to be a lot of words uh, that will go forth in the earth today. And you need to know when God is speaking to you. You need to know when he's speaking to you. We've also talked about uh, being positioned at the feet of Jesus uh, so that we may hear his voice. Position is so powerful. Well, tonight we're going to get right back into it in part number four. And tonight we're going to subtitle this, Turn Around, Turn Around. So you get this as we go on. I'm going to bring you to a very familiar text of Scripture, Matthew 13, chapter Matthew 13, uh, verses 1 through 23 out of the King James Version. Now, is our, as is our fashion and our, and our culture, I'm going to read it, and then we'll go back and, and discuss Uh, what's there. I'm going to do my best to read and then to discuss, but this thing is, it's it's exploding in me so much. So it's very familiar. You've heard this before, but if you would allow me, if you would allow the spirit just to show you another avenue in this, another layer in this that I believe is really going to bless your heart. So let's go ahead and just try to read here. uh, Matthew 13 verses one through 23. And it says this, And the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some Seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Verse 5, some fell um, unto, or rather, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And uh, forthwith they sprang up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth, or rather brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, sixtyfold, and uh, rather sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who have ears to hear, let him hear. All right, so this this is the first part of the parable that Jesus is teaching about. This is so wonderful. And this whole thing, verses 1 through 23, it really has about four parts in it. 
So this first part, the Lord just breaking down the parable itself. And so we'll go back and look at that. Let's look at, let's look further on down verse number 10. As the disciples begin to get into a question, we'll look at this. And the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing uh, they hear not, neither do they understand. Verse 14. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, or Isaiah, which saith, uh, By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, least at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. But blessed are your ears for they, blessed are your eyes rather, for they see and your ears for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. We'll get into that as well. Really over, the ne- over to this week and the following week, the Lord willing, we're really going to get into this parable, and if something uh, seems like, if, it, if, it's, if there's something here that it, it, it's difficult for you to understand, you say, I heard that, but I, I don't understand it. Well, within the next week or so, tonight and next week, uh, you're really going to get a good understanding about this. Isn't, isn't that awesome? Uh, one person said, well, you know, that's why I don't read the Bible, because I, I don't understand it. Uh, because I, I, I don't understand, that's why I don't read it. Well, I don't understand what's in my food every day, but I eat it, and it nourishes me. <laughs> okay, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not sure that's a good thing, by the way, but a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in our food today that we have no idea what's in it. But it is nourishing to our body. Hallelujah. So get the word. Get in it. It has a benefit to it. Hallelujah. But as you get into the word, you will understand as the Spirit uh, leads us. So, so we're going to talk about that. And let's go ahead and um, go to the last part of this, uh, verse 18 through 23. So the Lord breaks it down. They ask the question, uh, tell us the parable. So here comes the meaning. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth uh, the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which uh, was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that receiveth, he that received uh, the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon, or immediately, with joy receiveth it. Yet uh, hath he not root in himself, but doeth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. 
He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that receiveth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Finally, verse 23. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understand it, uh, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some and hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So we're going to really just dive into this very much. Praise the Lord. This, so, this is so wonderful. Hallelujah. So awesome. I pray that you're ready for this. Hallelujah. All right. Now, if you guys are uncomfortable, we can shut that down if it will help you. All right. If it will help you. All right, so I want you to see um, just, just off the top surface things that I want to give you first of all, then we're going to go straight into this. We're going to, of course, get into a lot of Greek, a lot of definition to help bring out the flavor, the flavor of this meat that is so tender and juicy. The Word of God is like a meat, you know. It's, it's strong meat to us. So before we really get into it, uh, let me just bring some things uh, to the surface for you. Now we understand the Lord breaks it down that the seed is the word, right? And uh, the word is sown on the ground. Now you'll notice how the Bible says that the word, if you look at verse number four, verse five, verse seven, and verse eight, you'll notice something. Verse four says, and when he sowed, some seed fell. Say fail. fail. Some seed fell by the wayside. Verse 5, some fell upon stony places. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns. In verse 8, and others fell into good ground. I think somebody's getting some of that. I, I, I heard something popping there. Now, if you look at the word fail, F-E-L-L, the word fail means to fall, and it fail means to fall, uh, or rather to descend from a higher place. Descend from a higher place. So we're talking about uh, making sure that we're positioned to receive. First of all, I want you to understand when the word comes, it descends from a higher place. We've got to have that knowledge and that wisdom, that understanding. When the word of God comes to you, whether it's in prayer or in Bible study, I want you to have that attitude that I'm receiving this word from on high. Hallelujah. When you're receiving the word from uh, another, another source, another human being that the spirit of God is in, I don't want you to see the flesh, but I want you to, to receive the word as if it's coming from a higher place because it is. If it is God breathed, God inspired, it's coming from a higher place. In order for the ground of your heart to receive it, you have to have that wisdom. You have to have that understanding, that attitude. I'm receiving this from a higher place. This is not man-made. This is not ordinary. This is not fleshly. This is a spiritual word that is coming from God to me. Hallelujah. Can you understand that? If you can receive the word of God that way, then I'm tell, let me tell you, you will eventually get into the place where you will produce much fruit, more fruit, uh, an abundance of fruit in your life. But you're going to have to get by. I'm not saying that you haven't, 
uh, but it's going to take more of us to get by the human, the human effect or uh, get, past, get past what we see and really just zoom in on the Lord and realize that it is he that is feeding us. Yes. Say with me, it is the Lord that is feeding me. The Holy Spirit is feeding me. Okay, so it's coming from on high. It's coming from on high. The moment you take the word as something natural from a natural person, it's no longer coming from on high. Are you hearing? So it says, first of all, the word fail, verse number four, the word fail by the wayside, from on high to the wayside. Uh, Verse five, the word fail upon stony places. It, um, God is faithful to send the word. It failed. But how is it going to fall into your life? Now, verse 5 again, verse 4, it fell by the wayside. Verse 5, it fell on stony places. We'll look at all of these. Verse 7, uh, let's go ahead and look at some of them now. Oh, this is so wonderful. Verse 4, and we'll look at the, the, uh, the interpretation, but let me show you uh, just some things that really just stand out. As the words falls, and, and you'll see this, this, these, the Lord is, Jesus is the word, and he's giving himself to the people. He's given, he, this is the word, Jesus is the word, and he's giving himself to the people. Now, I want you to understand, from the people's aspect, or from their viewpoint, or vantage point, they don't know that he is God standing there talking to them. They see him as another preacher. They see him as a possibly a good man, a good teacher, a good prophet, a healer, but they don't see him as Messiah, not yet. They see Jesus as a preacher. Remember, there's only one person that we know up until this point that knows who Jesus is, and the Lord told him, don't hold that right now. Don't say anything about that right now. Remember, Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? Who do people say that? Well, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah, some say you're John the Baptist back from the dead. Jesus, you're really a ghost, you know, that's what they're talking about. But who do you say that I am? Peter said, I know who you are. You're the Messiah, you're the Son of God, the Savior of the world. You're God in the flesh. All right? So Peter has that revelation, but the people don't. They see Jesus as a meal ticket. Oh, Lord, when are you going to make some more fish sandwiches? Oh, I need you, Jesus, to make my life better. I'm coming to Jesus because Jesus will make my life better. He'll heal my body. He'll talk about relationships. Oh, that's why I come around Jesus because he'll make my life better. They don't see him yet as God, Savior of the world. They see him as a preacher, as a prophet, as a rabbi, as a teacher. But they don't yet, haven't learned yet to look past the veil of his flesh and receive the word from on high. Oh, somebody's getting this. This is really good. All right, and see, that's some of the issue that they were facing there. Now, if we look at this as well, so here's the Lord. He's bringing the word. Let's look at verse number one again and really see this. Or rather, verse two, Matthew 13, verse two. And it says, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and did what? And he sat, he sat, right? He sat in the ship and the whole multitude did what? Stood. He stood, rather, he sat while they stood. 
He sat while they stood. He sat while they stood. The king sits on his throne and he issues out words to the people. He sat while they stood. Now what he's about to tell them, he's actually about to give them kingdom principles and kingdom truths. Heavenly, he's about to, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. He's about to break, I mean, he's about to break open a can, a real big can here, if you will. He's about to break open some science, some, some revelation, some things that have not been heard. It may seem simple to them, but this is something that is so huge and magnificent. But they can't get it because the Bible says their hearts were waxed gross. Their hearts were calloused. I really can't really, I can't wait to get into that with you. Now, I want you to also, as we hear this word, I need you to also let your spiritual, your spiritual tongue, you know, you're tasting something good, your tongue just go all over the food in your mouth, mm, you're trying to find the flavor, anybody? Trying to find the flavor of, a, oh, mm, I taste some jalapeno in here, mm, I, I, I taste some cheddar, mm, what was that, mm, that's nutmeg, I taste nutmeg in there, mm, you know, whatever. Let your tongue go around the word and find the application for you in your life. What is the spirit of God saying to me over this, in this word? Lord, I mean, you need to say, Lord, what, what are you saying to me? What can I get out of this to apply to my life? When you do that, once again, when you do that and you say those things, you ask that question, you're receiving the word from on high. The word will descend to you. As long as you're acknowledging him as savior, as long as you acknowledge him as teacher, as long as your heart is not wax gross, and we'll look at that, as long as your heart is open, he will always feed you. Hallelujah. Oh, this is thrilling. So as we, as we see this, Jesus is sitting and they are standing and he's about to give them a heavenly word, something that existed in eternity past, now that has come down into time and it is God himself that speaks a word and the people are there to listen. Now, we say they are there to listen and to obey but such was not the case. Now let's go, I wanna show you something, because the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, why are you talking to them in parables? Why don't you just talk plainly to them like you talk to me? First of all, we know, uh, boys, you're the ones who are following me, you're the ones who have dedicated your life to hearing my instruction and doing what I say. They have not. I want to show you, uh, I want us to see for a moment, see what Jesus sees. Uh, we're we're going to go, we've already seen the people. Oh, they see Jesus as a meal ticket, another person who, uh, you know, they're going to feed me, Jesus is going to feed me, and he's going to make my life better. They see the net, and I'm going to prove that to you. Uh, they're going to, that's the way they see him, but how is Jesus seeing the people? What is he seeing when he stands up now, or rather when he's sitting on the boat, what is Jesus seeing as he looks out among the people? Of course he sees those that he loves. Of course he sees those that he will die for, that he'll give his life for, of course he does. But he also sees what's in their heart, he sees them directly. 
you know, much like, and, and I pray that one day, or, or I pray that you will all have many occasions when you will be able to stand before the people of God, maybe if it's at home, at work, at school, or maybe here in the church house. When there's, it's, it's another thing altogether when you're standing here and you have a word from the Lord, and when you give the word of God to be able to look into people's hearts, just as clear as glass, and see, they ain't listening to me. It's another feeling altogether when you've studied and given yourself the secret face of the Lord and huh? Huh? You say something? Is it time to go yet? Let me show you. Jesus break this down to you. Now I'm not, not saying to condemn anybody. Praise the Lord. I pray you're with me. But let me show you, let me show you what the Lord sees at this moment, okay? Look at this. Uh, as the Lord Jesus began to, he began to answer the, answer the disciples' questions. Let's go into verse number 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Now here's the reason that the Lord Jesus is speaking to them, to the people, in parables. Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now, if you're just looking at this uh, just surface level, you would say, Jesus, that seems unfair. I showed up to church today. I'm standing out here on the shore in this sandy sand, and I'm away from what I'm doing. I came all the way out here, Jesus, to hear from you, and now you're going to speak to me in codes? I can't, at least I did come to church. Why can't you make it plain to me, Jesus? Amen. Seems like it would be unfair that a group of 12 can get it, but I can't get it. Why did God say, boys, it's given to you. You are authorized to understand or, or you're authorized to, to, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it is not given. It is not given what? It's not given to them to know. Now, I want you to look at that word know for a second. Now it's time for us to go into some word study. Dun, 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 word study. Yes, it's going to be one of those nights. The word, the Greek word for the word know is ginosko. Ginosko. Can you say ginosko? Oh, I love it when you speak Greek. Gnosko. And that means, it means to learn to know. It means to come to know. Get a knowledge of perceive, to feel. In the Jewish idiom, it means, to, uh, it means um, sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. That is, there's no closer connection among human beings than that between a husband and a wife. Are you hearing me? No closer connection to know. Now, I want to bring this word gnosko to you out of a couple of other Bible verses so that you really get the full understanding of it. Let's go to Matthew 12, verse 33. Matthew 12, verse 33, as we talk about the word gnosko. Can you say gnosko? Oh, I love it when you talk Greek. 
Matthew 12, verse 33, this is is what this word is here. This is how it reads. It says, the Lord Jesus uh, speaking about, uh, he says, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is what? Known by his fruits. That word known there is the word ginosko. A tree will be known by its fruit. You don't have to hang a sign on an apple tree when the apple tree is full of apples. I know the tree is an apple tree because I see apples, right? I know it's an orange tree because I see, that's right, not grapes, oranges. You know the tree by its fruit, right? So think about the word ginosko. Again, you'll know the tree by its fruit. Identification. I know that I know what I see because it, there it is. It's in my face. Let's look at another example in Mark 5, verse 29. Mark 5, verse 29. Mark 5, verse 29 says, out of the King James Version, everything tonight is out of King James. It says, and straightway the fountain of her blood, talking about woman with issue of blood, right? And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she what? Felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. The word felt there is the Greek word kinosko. So she didn't uh, go to a doctor's office and get examined to find out whether the blood had stopped. She felt, she knew within herself that it had stopped. So think about the word ginosko. First of all, I, I know that's an apple tree. A tree is known by its fruit. I know that. And she felt in her heart, in her body, mm, felt in her body, hey, this is stopped. I know that. You got me? Let's look at another one. Let's look at Matthew 1, verse 25. Matthew 1, verse 25. Let's look at another instance of this word, ginosko. Can you say ginosko? All right. Matthew 5, verse 20, Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew 1, verse 25 says, and this is talking about Mary here, and knew her not, uh, rather Joseph, talking about Mary, and knew her not uh, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Of course, Joseph did not know Mary in that intimate way until she brought forth Jesus, right? Okay, let me show you one more. Uh, let's, let's look at John 8, verse 32. John 8, verse 32. As we look at another instance of the word ginosko. John 8, 32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, you shall ginosko the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You're going to have experiential knowledge. That is, you're not going to say, yeah, I know who Donald Trump is. Yeah, you've seen him on TV, but I guarantee you don't know him. Maybe some of y'all know my online community. I doubt if anybody in this room actually knows the man. You know, I know Abraham, I know of Abraham Lincoln. You ain't that old. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? know an intimate knowledge or know by experience. So now let's go back. Let's go back in the context. 
Let's look at this again. Let's look at verse number 11. Going back to Matthew 13 and verse number 11 as we begin now to wind down. Matthew 13, verse 11, it says, And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know. It's given unto you to ginosko. There's a reason that it's given unto you to see it, to perceive it, to feel it, to have an intimate knowledge and relationship with it. It is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given to know. You understand? Now, why is that? Again, why the disciples, why is it given unto them to have that understanding, to have that intimate knowledge, but not unto the people? Let's go further on down. Uh, Verse 12, I believe, is the principle. He says, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. General principle, and I'll show you how this applies in a moment. Look at verse 13. Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because, because, here's the reason, they sing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing ye hear, by hearing ye shall hear, well, let's back up, uh, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. Why? For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and look at the very next part, and their eyes the devil have closed. Does it say that? I hope you're reading with me. No, it does not say that, does it? It doesn't say that, does it? It says in their eyes, what? They have closed. They have closed their own eyes. Their ears are dull of hearing. In other words, they're not going to pay attention to you. I'm not sure how many of you have ever been around a certain person, maybe a certain age group, and you're talking to them, and you know they're not listening to you. You hear yourself talking, and you know you said it, but they weren't hearing you. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, we, we, We started with a moment ago, what does Jesus know? He knows that he is given a word, a kingdom word, the mysteries of heaven, to a group of people that he testifies. He says, boys, this is why you're hearing, this is why you are, it is granted to you to understand this, to know this, and not to them, because they have shut their eyes. They have shut their own eyes. I don't want to, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> they have dulled their hearing. Hearing, but, you know, yeah. I'm not really trying to hear you, Jesus. I'm not really trying to see what you're doing. It says their their hearts are wax gross, which means their hearts are calloused. I'm not sure if any of you have ever had calluses on your fingers before. Calluses, whether callus is developed, you keep rubbing on it, rubbing on it, rubbing on it, rubbing on it, and it develops thicker skin. Thicker skin, right? Why is their heart calloused? We'll look at this next time. Their heart is calloused because they, they don't want to do what God says. They don't want to do it. They want to do what they want to do. 
Uh, and I love the way I believe First Timothy talks about it. It says that, uh, yeah, First Timothy 1, might as well get it, I'm sorry, First Timothy 4, First Timothy 4, uh, fourth chapter, verses 1 and 2, First Timothy 4, verse 1 and 2, because he talks a little bit about this too. He says, now the, speak, the, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That is, I hear what you're saying, Lord, but I don't want to do it. I hear what you're saying, Jesus, but I don't agree. I'm not going to do that. They have, they do not intend to do anything that they're hearing. So the question would be, why in the world did you come to church that day? If you have shut your eyes, if you have closed your ears, if you have no desire to do what he said, no desire to be obedient, because look, look, look again. Look, look, look at uh, what verse was it? Look again. Uh, look at verse 15. It says, for this people's, uh, again, this is Matthew 13, verse 15. He says, for this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Why they do it? least at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted or they should be turned and I will heal them. In other words, if I see, then I'll have to do it. If I hear, then I'm accountable and I'll have to do this. If I know I understand, I'm accountable, I'll have to do it. But as long as I can play the, 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 the you know, the the ignorant card? Yeah, I was trying to. As long as I can play the ignorant card, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know, Lord. And they think that because they don't know that they're not held accountable to it. But the Lord said, the moment you begin to hear and understand and you see, then your life can turn. You can, uh, the, the word here is converted, talks about to turn. That's our subject, subject tonight, our subtitle, turn, to turn around. Then they can repent. And then after they repent, the Lord said, I'll heal you. But why won't they turn? Because they like something else that they're doing more than what God is offering. If I like boogalooging, boogalooging, boogaloo. If I like the, the club life or what have you, boogalooing, what do they call it? You know, if, if, if I like doing that, then why would I hear a word about, if I like jumping from bed to bed and all that stuff, why would I want to hear about it? I'm enjoying my life the way that it is. Or so they say, right? But the moment I sit down and say, okay, God, I want to understand what you're saying, then they think that I'm not accountable. But the word is given. Now, there's another reason why, <clears throat> why they are actually there to hear the word. Because you think, again, why would you show up? If you have no intention of doing what he said, why show up? Why not just stay home? Why show up? Because, understand something, they know something that many don't know today. Because there is a blessing in just hearing the word. 
There is a blessing in being under anointed preaching, anointed teaching. There is a blessing, even though they have no intention of doing it, there is still a blessing in being under the anointing, being in the presence of the Lord. There's still a blessing. And they've come to receive from that. Remember even Jesus testified about it. He said, let me show you who a wise and foolish man is. You know, they both heard the word. One heard it and did it, and the other heard it and uh, didn't do it. Same flood came and all that stuff, but in both cases, they were both able to build. They heard the word and they built. Heard the word and they built. And the only way that you knew who actually did his word is after the storm had passed. So you got person sitting over here, person sitting over there. They're both in church every week. They're both hearing the word of the Lord. Whether they do it or not, there's a blessing that's there and they're able to build a life. But problems come. Storms come. Heartaches come. Pain comes. It's gonna come and beat on the house. But only the one that was able, the only one that allowed, the only one that did what Jesus said, that's the house that will stand. But they know, the question was, why are they there in the first place? If they don't intend to do it, because there's a blessing in being under the anointing. There's a blessing in hearing, the, even right this very moment, as you are hearing the word of God, even right now, online community, as you're watching, as you're, as you're listening, the blessing of God is going forth. The anointing of God is breaking every yoke, and, and deliverance is coming. Change is happening even at this very moment. Demons are fleeing. All of that stuff is happening right now. Healing's going forth in the body. You're getting revelation and wisdom and insight, and the spirit of God is speaking to you directly at this this moment the word is descending the word is descending and there is a blessing in sitting under the word and they understood that even though they had no intention and Jesus knew these folk have no intention of doing what I'm saying but he was still faithful to give it why they show up because there's a blessing in the word are you hearing? And you miss something when you're, when you're not here, when you don't get that word, you're missing something. So they, even though they had no intention of doing it, they still showed up and they were still received. They still received. But the thing is, if they didn't do it, when, the, when you do it, then you can be converted. Then life can turn for the better. And then healing happens. Are you hearing? Oh, that is so awesome. That is so awesome. As we begin to close, I wonder should we get any further? <laughs> Let's look at a few other things. We're not gonna get finished with all of it tonight, but as we talked about the sower, of course the Lord Jesus is a sower and he's giving his word. And the word falls into those different conditions. And those, some fell, by the wayside, and some fell upon stony places, and some fell among thorns, and some fell into good ground. Now, what makes the good ground 
good ground. I think we're going to stop here. Why is the good ground so good? And why aren't the other ones considered good? Well, if you look at the some that fell among thorns, and we'll have to talk about this uh, in its entirety next time. Let's just go on the surface here. Why is the thorny ground good? Well, first of all, there's something else growing in it. There's something else growing. It's good ground because there's nothing else growing in it. So whatever God puts down and whatever you allow to descend into your heart, it has no competition. What are thorns? Thorns are undeveloped plants. Prickly, undeveloped, and some would even say undeveloped roses, things that should be smelling good, but they're not. Prickly things that are in the heart, other thoughts, other concepts, problems, and other things that's in the heart. The heart is not purified. The heart is not cultivated. And so when the word comes into the heart, it has to compete for space. Something else is already growing there. Some that fell fell upon, uh, verse 5, some fell upon stony places. Stony places. That is, this person didn't give it room. Fell upon, that is, on. Didn't allow it to get in the heart, it just fell on it. And he gave it, the person gave it a little bit of space because it had no deepness of earth. It didn't go deep, it just fell you know, fell on it. We give you, Jesus, I'll go a little bit further with you. But you know, I can't, we can't do all of that. Don't take all of that. And so because of that, didn't give it a lot of place, didn't give it a lot of room. It wasn't really serious about the word. We could say, well, at least a thorny heart. Hey, the word did go, uh, it fell among thorns. It did get down in there, but eventually, of course, it gets choked out. But it did get there. The person did receive it with joy. Woo, that's your good word today. Woo, with joy, with joy, with joy. I got the word, I got the word. But, yeah, persecution comes. All these other things that are growing in the life, all these other things happen, right? Uh, Fell among the, the wayside, didn't even, you know, they didn't understand it as we go further on in there. They just didn't understand the word. But why didn't they understand the word? Because there are other things on their mind. Because if I understand it, then I mean I got to do it. As long as I can play the ignorant card, I don't understand about that. We think that they're not accountable. But God's going to tell you, hey, I told you. You didn't understand it because you chose not to understand it. So again, we're talking about positioning our hearts to receive, positioning our hearts to receive. Because at the very end of this, and we'll have to take this up next time, the very end of this, the Lord said that they produced some 30, what, some what, 100-fold, 30, 60, right? Or 100-fold, 60, 30. This is fruit. This is a productive life. This is who you are. This is someone that is thriving. Now, you have a supernatural word that comes from a supernatural God that falls into your heart that causes you to thrive and things begin to work for you and work out for you and things begin to move. It's exciting. 
as things begin to move and things begin to work out in your life because you have received the word of God. Now, here's one last thing I will say. Here is one place in the Bible, here's one of the places in the Bible that we can say the all-powerful word of God can be shut down. The Lord allows, he allows this. The all-powerful word of God can be shut down. He sends his word from on high and calls it to descend. And in that word has the power to shake the world, to change nations. In that word, in that seed that he plants in your heart, it has all the power, power more powerful than a nuclear plant or anything else. It has the power, it has the power to, uh, to increase your artwork, the power to do things in the food bank, the, the power to erect ministry buildings. It has the power to, to heal, to deliver, to set free. It has the power to do all of that, to change our entire lives. But we can shut it down and it produce nothing. That's the way he designed it because he wants it to be out of our free will and as a choice. So I pray tonight that you will choose to allow the Holy Spirit to dig in that heart, pull up all the weeds, all the thorns, pull up all the rocks and cultivate it so that the seed that the Lord is sending will be planted firmly in you and it will produce. Now there are different levels of, of our hearts. There are some words that you can receive no problem, but others can be difficult. It is in those difficult places where you have stone, thorns, there. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit because, you know, there's a reason why we do what we do. There's a reason why we're not completely complicit or obedient with the Word of God in a particular area of our lives. And that's because there's something else already growing there or something hard there. And the Word doesn't penetrate. So we've got to ask the Holy Spirit to identify that. As a matter of fact, we're going to pray that as we close, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to identify that part of us and to uh, really break up that fallow ground so that we can see fruit in that area of our lives. Because we can see some things happen in different areas. We say, God is working over here, but what happened over there? Because there's some stone over there. There are some thorns over there. Something's already growing. And it's going to take him to help us cultivate it. So let's stop right there, and we're going to go ahead and pray. So, Father, I pray tonight for my friends that are here and for those that are also watching. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would send your spirit, Holy Spirit. I, we ask you in Jesus' mighty name to search our hearts, to try us and know our thoughts. If you find any wicked way in us, Lord, we ask you to lead us in the way everlasting. Lead us in the correct way. But Lord, I ask you to reveal those stony places in us. Reveal those thorny areas in us. Lord, we want that ground to be completely cultivated and we want every weed pulled up, every rock removed so that your word will have free course in us, so that your word will be unhindered in its growth and development. For Lord, we want that, that 30, that 60, that 100 full. We want the maximum uh, that you have for us to be produced in and out of our lives, but we need your help to do that. So, Lord, tonight we just submit our hearts to you, and we say, Lord, have your way in us. Reveal, Lord, and heal. We ask you to reveal and heal. 
And Father, we thank you that you are faithful to do. And Lord, we love you. We thank you for the fruit that will be produced as a result of us partnering together to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out all around the world. And we know that our lives will completely change. Lord, we love you tonight. We, we give you praise. And go with everybody here tonight and everybody's watching, listening. And Lord, we thank you for them all. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next time. We love you. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.